Welcome to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Fifth Trooper Podcast. This is a beginner's guide to Star Wars Legion. My name is Jay Shalansky and I'm very excited to have David Zelenka joining me today. Hi, Jay. Hey, man. I'm feeling pretty good about this too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to... Uh to talk to you it's it's been a while <laughs> yeah it has been and for those of you who don't know david does yavin base if you've seen the yavin base community or any of his streams for invader league or team league david handles all of that and he used to be one of our uh fellow podcasters over here on the scoundrels for for a while so it's yeah good to, it's good to have you back on a podcast on the network it's not yeah it's nice to be back on uh back on your air <laughs> It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Uh, it's all our air, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we all share the same atmosphere. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. So I, like Jay said, I do Yavin Base Team League. I, I run a Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/slash Yavin Base. Uh, it's basically all about covering online Legion. Um, TTS has been a godsend uh, during Corona. So. Uh, tons of people play there. We've been in a really heavy stretch of stream games because of Invader League Season 6 single eliminations yep. that are happening. They had 80 people in single elims. You can imagine how many games that is to cast. And yeah. there's basically for like the last two and a half weeks, you could get a, a, a streamed game of Legion basically any time of day. Like it's been it's been crazy, the density. Like it's it's totally unheard of to, to have this kind of density. And the interest has been off the charts as well. Yeah. Uh, people have been really interested in, in, in what streamers are doing. Um, but I, I, I've been, you know, doing as much as I can. I covered eight games in the last like few weeks and that's like one fifth of the number <laughs> that have been available to stream. So, uh, normally it's a lot more scarce and you really have to kind of get on it. You know, if there's like a high profile game, you have to rush to rush to get hold of it. But, um, no, it's been, it's been a good stretch. So I run that channel. I also run the Yavin based team league, which is kind of the, another major online league that runs um, opposite Invader League. So Invader League is the big solo tournament where you just go for yourself and you play your best and you try to win the whole thing. Uh, Yavin-based Team League introduces a community element. Um, teams compete to be champion. We're trying a new thing with the league this year where we're splitting it into two divisions. So there's an open division where everybody's welcome to join, kind of like Invader. And then there is a, a, an eight-team uh, invitational division where people who rank highly in that that open division come and play and and uh so we did we, we basically evaluated all the teams that had entered and we said hey you ate you did the best out of everybody come play in this invitational and basically it's all in the name of a more balanced tournament yeah i so when we found out about that i was i was chatting to the guys over at fifth trooper i'm like i love this idea it's it's basically for Americans, it's how kind of how they run the Premier League and everything of soccer or football for our friends across the pond uh, over in Europe, where you, you have the Premier League and then you have the, the lower leagues and you have to work your way up to be in the Premier Leagues. I, I really love this idea because I think it also, because um, sometimes online Legion can tend to be uh, frustrating for newer players, right? Especially if yeah. you got a bunch of veterans on a team who are like, boom, 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 like just doing stuff. And you're like, I don't even know how to click buttons on this game. And right. so, yeah, so I, I love this idea. Yeah, and, and it can be pretty overwhelming. Um, the players who play online who are regulars are 
they are absolutely smashingly good. Like they can, they will dominate you if you're not prepared. So yeah. it's, it's not, it's not that it's not an insult to be in, in the, in what we call hero league, which is the, yeah. the, the lower league. Um, it's basically just a way to, to, you know, reduce the number of times where it's like a stomp yeah. basically. And you play people, play with people who are, who are, you know, similar skill level to you rather than, you know, entering the, entering the tournament is like, oh man, I got paired against, you know, someone really good, like Luke Cook. I'll just right. use Luke Cook because he's the current world champion. Yep. Um, you might get paired against someone like Luke Cook and get absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't even know what happened. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, and I think there's, you know, for, for, for beginners, there's two things going against you. Um, one, you may be sitting at home going, you know, before coronavirus happened, I was really good in person and you may be really good in person. But the learning curve for TTS is a little high sometimes. And so even though you may be a great like tactical Legion player, uh, TTS changes things. And I mean, I, it took me a while to pick up TTS and I still don't know everything that it does. Yeah, and TTS measurement is extremely precise. And so there'll be, there'll be moments where it's like, well, if I'm exactly this distance, then this can't happen. So for example, like uh, the, the most obvious one for me is Luke. Uh, and force push. Yeah. Uh, Luke can only move two times at speed two. He has a force push range of range one, but the amount that force push can move an object is only about three inches. And so if you stay outside of two range bands plus that speed one move, Luke cannot, in fact, double move into you and force push you on any given turn. So that's just a, one one way that you can use that precise measurement to, yeah. to um, you know, figure out uh, what your opponent can do or what they can't do to you when you decide to make a move. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, right? Is like, yeah. how do I know what to do next? Right? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great segue because I, you're absolutely right. And Evan and I talk about this all the time about how in real life, even at, even at large tournaments, like, you know, you played in high command, you've played at LVO. There's almost this kind of give and take where a lot of people are like, if it's, if it's reasonably close enough, people are like, yeah, man, it, that yeah you're good like go for it you know because there's a lot of uh mistakes and movement that happens on a table so you're kind of just adjusting for that we're on tts it's a computer <laughs> so it's very like things don't really move unless you like you know you you did it by doing something else so so it's yeah that's a great great point yeah your your view of the board is also different on on tts yeah. because you have a free-floating give you have a uh, a god camera right you can you can you can view it the board from any angle whether that's like top down at a distance or getting really close to your miniatures so you can really kind of judge what the cover situation might be Phys on a physical table it's a lot different the, the measurements are less precise you have physical tokens and rulers and things that you're moving where the heck did i put my range two ruler yeah. <laughs> where, did I, where the heck did i put my my speed three movement template yeah there's all that like that disorganization that can occur but um, yeah, so, and like you say, with the give and take, right? Uh, man, that, that um, I could open up a can of worms about, you know, is is Legion a constructive experience where we are creating a, a shared uh, amount of fun, even though it is competitive, like one, mm -hmm. one of us is trying to win and beat the other person, yep. but we're trying to have fun while we're doing it. Or are we in like a, a hugely like no holds barred competitive, you know, I, I will give you not an inch and you are my adversary and I'm going to destroy yep. you. Yeah. There's like two attitudes, two very different attitudes. But I have to say, Legion is one of like the most non-toxic communities in that regard. Yeah, agreed. Uh, we're we're you know, at the high the, the highest level people are actually the most chill. Yeah, like the most chilled out. Um, yeah, and it, I would say that like that really like 
things matter time is generally even if you're having a chill game like about turn five yeah (laughs) everyone's like yeah all right this is serious now (laughs) when things when things really get down to it right yeah yeah. it's it's crazy how how you know you can start you know trying to play by inches you know it's like oh you didn't declare that oh you did yeah yeah well and i you know and it's uh, it's funny because you'll be having a great chill game. And then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, when did this happen? And you're like, cause it's turn five. That's right. Why. Right. The, like the, there's like a, a shift in the energy. Cause it's like, Oh, I remembered we're, we're trying to win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're, we're not just, we're not just rolling and... dice. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. So, so David up till now, uh, the listeners who have been with us through, through the whole like beginning of this process, we've, we've talked about the objective deck a few weeks ago. Nemo was on last week talking about command cards and how to play the command phase. So what are you going to be talking with us today? So we'll be talking about um, basically how to figure out what to do next. Um, every time your turn comes up, you have to decide, do I activate a unit with an order? Do I go to the stack? Who do I activate if I have an order? What are the odds of pulling a certain token type? That's definitely important when you when you consider going to the stack. But that's generally kind of what we're what we're looking at is um, when when it comes up to be my turn. I believe mm-hmm. the episode's called Your Turn. Um, what should I do next? And and the beginning of that of understanding like what to do is to figure out how you need to win, right? Like what what are, you have to answer the question what what action could i take that gets me the furthest along towards winning mm-hmm. and then there's maybe a subset like a sub question there which one of these actions is the most economical yeah. um how much you know what what can i uh, it's, it's like any law it's like a law of warfare right i have to i have to do the thing that gives me the greatest tactical advantage at the, at the least cost to myself yeah and i'd like to point out I, I think that, you know, we did talk about the objective deck, right? But I think depending on whether you're you're playing for fun, whether you're playing in a time tournament, that win condition is going to be different. So yeah. you're, because it could be the full, you know, getting the full objective. It could be getting just partially the objective before time runs out, or it could be trying to table your opponent, right? L- those are all very clear things. And so when David says trying to figure out what your win condition is, it's not only what the objective deck is offering you, but it's what you can possibly do in, in that game. And so that's kind of what he's getting at. Right. The biggest example I can give you that, that really just is top of mind for me is um, uh, intercept the transmissions. I don't know if, if you're all familiar with that one, where you have to, on a certain round number, you have to have a certain number of unit leaders in a certain place. Mm-hmm. Right. And the number one thing about that is counting how many unit leaders you have that could potentially move on to that objective and take it from your opponent. And then that that sort of like cognizance of what, you know, if my opponent has three leaders and maybe one that's waiting to move on, how do I get five leaders on there? Is that even possible? Yep. Right? And if it's not possible, how do I damage my opponent's efforts to make this happen? And so that's kind of like the beginning of 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 the the whole process of like solving the problem problem. I need to get more unit leaders onto this point than my opponent. And what actions can I take to do that? Um, one of the, one, one other counterpoint also is, um, planning what each unit's going to do. That's kind of mm-hmm. advanced, but, but it's what you're going to need to, to work towards is sort of like, okay, 
if I've got these two leaders that can move on to the point, and I've got these two leaders that could choose to attack, but they could also move twice and get on the point, what's the better choice? Mm -hmm. If moving twice gets me the objective, but then they get immediately destroyed the round after, <laughs> right? Was, yep. was that a good decision? Right. Because the game may not be, the game's probably not over on round four. Round four is like the round, for example, because you score on round two, you score on round uh, four, and you score on round six, yep. right? And so th this, is, this is just talking about objectives specifically. You're, there's going to be another episode, right? Later on yep. down the line where you talk very much about win condition. So that's just one example right but but let's just say let's just you know walk this back to the most simplest right and so i think like at the very very beginning what a lot of what a lot of players don't understand is that legion is not a game that rewards aggressive movement number like first yep. and foremost it is not a game that rewards aggression by and large some types of lists reward aggression wookie lists for example, mm -hmm. they love it if you take a big bid, get blue, and run run your opponent into the ground. Yes. Right. There's a guy on the ladder right now. His name's Cowboy Tyrone. He's like 16 and two, running triple Wookies and just getting getting like close <laughs> deployments and just blowing you up with fire supported Wookies and Cassian. Right. That's what he does. <laughs> so that there, it can work, but it's not it's not like it's not something that you should get used to right, <laughs> right, right. away um most of the time you're going to have core units most of the time those core units are going to shoot at range three most of the time the battle is decided about the maneuvering between the core units that's some people might find that a hot take i have held this from from the very early days of the of, of the game the the game is fundamentally about core versus core yep okay, and that's the very basically the first thing that you should you should consider and um, anyway, back to the whole thing about aggressive movement. So if you are moving aggressively, right, you are putting yourself in range of your opponent's shots, generally speaking. So you need to time your movement such that something on the other side of the table doesn't have an activation available to then aim and then shoot you back. Yep. Right. So that's one of the reasons why having a high activation count is important. Generally speaking, it's one of the reasons why asking your opponent, hey, has that gone? Has that gone? Okay. And then you measure anything else that hasn't gone. And you say, okay, pretty unlikely this unit is going to move and shoot me. So then I can safely move my characters or, or my, whatever my core units are, I can move them to the next position that I, that I want to maybe like that next piece of heavy cover, for example, mm -hmm. that they, that then they ending their move in range to shoot next turn are going to you know, either aim, shoot, or if you're a rebel, dodge, shoot is really good because you get a bunch of increased defenses yep. off of that. Um, if you're a droid, um, maybe you're saying like, you know, maybe I can move in here and get my range three rocket on you. B2 rockets are super popular right now when we're recording this. So <laughs> um, knowing when to get into range three with your B2s is really, really important because you can blow up your enemy through their cover. It's really nice. But, but that's like the basic gist mm -hmm. of how to decide what to do next. Like you need to figure out if I do this move, can my opponent punish it? And if he can't punish it, what can I do next turn with that move? Yep. Right. Those are like the two big questions. And like almost, it's almost universal. We are all working on how to solve those questions yep. whenever we play the game. That's like the basic gist. Yeah. Do you think, so <clears throat> also it's also, it, uh, is there an opportunity with that? I think the gold, right. The golden bullet is, is there an opportunity to also punish my opponent 
while making that move. Right. right so it's right. like, You're... don't get punished, make the move and punish them. <laughs> like, exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's where the economics of it comes in. Right. Because it's also like, is my opponent, does my, is my opponent's unit courage one? Do they already have a suppression? Would attacking this unit put a suppression on them? Maybe they lose an action next turn. Yeah. A lot of this is like knowing the rules too, yeah. right? Like when would my opponent have an opportunity to get rid of the suppression? Is there a unit nearby with the compel keyword that can push that unit for them? Is there, are they a droid? Do they actually care about the suppression that I'm doing? Right. Are they courage too? Like one of the biggest um, examples early in the early in the game's life was people were trying to figure out sniper versus sniper okay mm -hmm. and if a sniper didn't have a suppression on them and you got one bullet through their cover or, or you got like you, you shot and you only had one hit so you were only going to do suppression do you reroll one dice or do you reroll both dice and for rebels that was a big question because our sniper dice are uneven yep. there's a, a five-sided or five hit die five out of eight and there's a three out of eight so if my five out of eight lands and my three out of eight blanks and he and I'm not going to suppress him next turn. I reroll both because I'm increasing my chance to get a critical hit through cover. If my white die lands, I reroll the black because that's a a a, a um what is it? It's a 62% chance to generate a hit when I reroll that. So that that's sort of like math and and knowing like yep. how the choices you make will actually affect the battle is sort of what we're working towards, yep. right? And if you're running Empire Snipers, the chance of you getting a blank or a surge are just uh, right. constant. Right, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. equal. Yeah, yeah, it's equal. yeah. yeah. It, it, depending on depending on who's nearby. I don't know, man. Maybe Force Guidance got uh, it got uh, points changed. Maybe you're running Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, there maybe, you go. Maybe Palpatine can throw surges on your snipers, and then you're <laughs> then you're all set. Right. I, people don't do that. I don't know why. Palpatine's yeah. really good, so but they don't do that. Well, I think you know we've we've. I think covered it on this cast a few times, but it's, it just, this happens, right? The new hotness comes out, uh, you know, right now it's clones and droids and, and everyone's like, Oh yeah. And then it'll soon be these new vehicles that they just announced on the stream. And then everybody right. will forget about everything else that's been played in invader league. And, uh, and by the time we can actually really play in person, I don't think we're going to have any idea what lists we're going to see on the table. Oh, 110%. And <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's interesting team league this year is going further than it, than it did last year. And I guess I can announce this now. Uh, we're actually even going to be introducing, um, well, first of all, first of all, we, you can't take more than three of a certain unit type unless it's like a B1 or a stormtrooper unit, like the basic, basic core. It's unlimited. Yeah. So we already limit you to try to make you make different choices. And, and, you know, heroes are also unique. You can only take one of one of each type of heroes. Mm -hmm. So like usually it ends up being like it's five players on a team. So you have one, one of each faction and then someone doubles up. Well, now we're even introducing bands. Ooh. We're actually saying that a team, each, each uh, team can pick a unit and deny the use of that unit to both teams for the entire game, for the entire you know series of five games that they get to play. <laughs> so we're going to go even further, and like uh, so, it's like if you don't want to see an, an AAT ever, yeah. <laughs> you can just ban it, and then your whole team doesn't have to play against it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now some people say, "Oh, that's weak. That's training wheels," you know. But but then again, I say like, look. Do you really want a league where it's five copies of the same list? Yeah, I. Do you really want that? No. What, no, and I always found Team League to be the more fun of the two leagues. No offense, Evader League. It's just because, um, 
the, t- the couple of things you got going for you, you got the rest of your team that, you know, you can kind of rely on. And then you, ha- so it's the pressure is not as high during your game. You're kind of a little bit more relaxed, but then also it's just being on a team and playing in a team league. It's just more fun. I think it's just, it almost, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, David, it almost is like a beer league. Like I, that's kind of how I no, see I it. get it. I yeah. get it. No, it's, it's, it's partially that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the benefit of playing this game in community. You know, if you, if you mess up, there's four other people that could win and you advance anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, right. it, it, it takes, it takes the pressure off you, yeah. but you also get to root for your team. Yeah. Right. You get to say like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, if we're, if we're on the same team, like, yeah, go Jay. Right. You no, know, like, like kick his, kick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, fine. No, like, like I want your double heavies to win. Right. You know, Cause double, cause it's like one, it's awesome that you're running a list with two heavies because who, who runs those? Well, I guess now it's popular because they, yeah. but I know they stole They stole the thunder completely. Like, like empire vehicles need help. <laughs> yeah, AMG true. send help. Yeah. <laughs> empire vehicles need help. Seriously. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, or just take or just take all the line of sight blockers away. <laughs> but <laughs> one of those, one of those two. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's kind of the benefit of it, right? You, you get to, you also get to like you know, you get to workshop kind of on list yeah. ideas, and you're like, oh man, no, how how can we how can we win against these guys? You know, what do we know about them? You do research yeah. on the opposing team. There's just there's just like a lot more um, relationship stuff. You know, relational stuff. You relate to other people, and, and you also grow together. And so that's like one of the best things about the whole format. Yeah, for sure. And like theory crafting with with your team saying, okay, if I play this, you know, and then it's just, you don't feel like you're alone. Like I, I Invader League, you can get, not that your, you know, your friends and stuff wouldn't help you, but it does feel kind of lonely if everyone's playing in Invader League. You're like, yeah, well, we're going to face each other here soon enough. So maybe we don't talk as much about what I'm playing. <laughs> exactly. You're like, Oh, you're, you're in my half of the bracket. I better not play you. Right. Right. Even yeah. though you're both available for a game. Yeah. And even, and even though like, like everybody knows this pain, right. Especially the dads among us, you only have so much time. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so real. it's like, am I, am I going to, am I going to play my one game of Legion against the guy this week against the guy that's uh, you know, across from the bracket? <laughs> Heck no. I got to, I got to take every advantage I can get. Yeah. So, but then also, you know, the flip side of that coin, right? It's also like, do I really need to be sweaty like this? <laughs> you know, yeah. and so that's that's the idea of, of Hero League. If you want to be sweaty, sweat. Yeah. We'll see you. We'll see you in the upper league, which is called Champion Circle. If you want to sweat, we'll see you there. Yeah. But if you don't want to sweat, don't feel bad. You'll probably be matching against other people who also don't want to sweat. Yeah. So everybody wins. Yeah, I li- I like that a lot, and I, I kind of um. I think about that with like the Gen Cons and the LVOs of the world where I just, I wish that they had more of a format that valued that as well, where it was like, Hey, this, and and maybe, maybe it is just the entire tournament, but you know, I feel like it would be nice to be able to go to Gen Con and just have a, you know, playing a tournament that's not as sweaty as that Gen Con can get. Right. Well, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you though, the last LVO. Yep. um, you had the TFT event deck. Oh yeah, right? that's right. We did you the still, narrative. Do you still sell the event deck? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well yeah, go buy that because that if I know you you know, but I'm telling your listeners. Hey, I know wanna, all about you, it. You know all about it. You made it. <laughs> yeah. But if if you want to have a really good time with Legion, go buy that deck because that deck is really cool. I I own one. I am itching to play it, but of course Corona, right? I yeah. can't actually go. I swear, everybody. I definitely didn't pay him to say that. No, he didn't. He absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely did not. I am not compensated. I'm saying this on my own volition. 
I even saw the fun people were having. I was, I was eyewitness. Okay. Yeah. I saw the fun people were having at LVO playing this thing. I saw like how like happy they were that they got to, I'm even pounding my desk. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome ears. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, um, they, they had, they had a really good time. And, uh, and my friend Ryan ran that event or he was on a, um, what was that, that your RPG that you did? Oh, I, oh yeah. Yeah. Re- recover the supplies. Recover the supplies. Yeah. He was on the RPG cast that you did, but, but he, he was in charge of that. Yeah. And that, that sort of narrative thing where you have like also like twists that come out in the middle of the fight, you know, objectives that change things that are, things are just like chop it up and, you know, make sure it's not, you know, the same old, you know, who wants to play key positions for the 50th time, right? You know, key positions yeah. is probably one of the most static, boring objectives out there. <laughs> and we're, so for us old timers who have been playing Legion from pretty much the beginning, yeah, key positions is like, was the bane of our existence for a very long time. And uh, it's, it's not as popular now, but <laughs> back then it sure was. Yeah. Really. Um, okay. So David, let's talk about during my turn, sure. I have several actions. Yes. Right, that, that at my disposal, like w- let's I one of the ones I really wanted to cover was standby, because I mm. think outside of clones, what is what are some good reasons and good ways to kind of use standby to do board control or to or to like what we were talking about, uh, set up to punish my opponent and making sure my opponent doesn't punish me. There's a, there's a few units that utilize standby really well. Okay, and until you know, until recently, clones were it, right? They kind of still are. They have two units that can still share standbys: Padme and Anakin. They can both do it with their exemplar keyword. Um, Death Troopers do it with Overwatch, for example. Um, basically, what standby is is instead of attacking, okay, I'm going to look at the board and say, I want to attack that unit over there. That unit has to move toward me to do the objective or try to win the game. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna say, okay, if you try to if you try to advance your objective, I'm gonna punish you. The problem is that standby is usually only range two. It's really close. Most units shoot at range three. Taking suppression causes you to lose your standby token. So standby is a bit of a it's a bit of a strange action. Yeah. It's not it's not used too commonly um standby though can be really important um especially if you want to direct your attack at a particular unit and your opponent is out of things that can remove your standby attack Mm. um the the biggest uh problem is if you're facing like uh rebel troopers with dlt 20s which have range four any of like the long range weapons snipers any sniper um but you know that said there is a benefit of taking a standby which is you can force your opponent to attack that unit. It's a little bit of a, of a if you're familiar with, with um, MMORPGs, it's a bit of a taunt mm. because it's telling your opponent, you have to attack me or risk getting your important unit later mm. in the turn blown to smithereens because they had to walk within range two of say my death troopers and death troopers are crazy at range two because they have the grenade launcher and the pistols, uh, arc troopers similarly, or uh, if you are Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> I'll tell you about here, here's an here's an, here's an advanced trick. Okay. Uh, Jay might know what I'm about to talk about. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, okay, he has force push. All right. And so uh two things. Standby is really good if you have a unit out of sight of your opponent 
and Obi-Wan can move them into that unit with force push or any of your force users can yeah. move them into that because that move that you're doing with force push, even though you're doing it, it's an enemy unit completing a move. And so when an enemy unit completes a move at range two, bam, you get your standby attack. Yeah. So, so uh, the earliest example of this was Luke Skywalker and fleet troopers. Yep. Would push push one of your units into range of your fleet troopers with a standby. They took an aim token because they have the ready keyword. Force push, boom! Fleet's attack. They got an aim, and it's piercing too. It's really devastating. Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's Obi Wan primarily, and force push to trigger a standby on himself with Padme standing behind him. <laughs> so, so that that that's a that's a mind trip when that happens to you the first time you see. They're like, "How did Obi Wan move three times while Padme was standing behind him in range two with a standby?" <laughs> and she, she gave it to him because she has exemplar. Uh, you, there's also lists built around the saber tank that do the same thing. Um, th this is just talking about standby, basically. Mm -hmm. um, standby is a way to force people to attack before they do any other actions. Yeah, and that's usually good because people would rather move or they'd rather aim, yep. or they'd rather do something that improves their attack, right? If you could move to deny your opponent cover, you'd much rather do that. But if you have a standby facing you that's in range of you when you do your move, you have to move and then get shot. Yeah. <laughs> you have to shoot first instead. So that, that's kind of a way to use standby is to kind of zone it out. You can also delay a melee attack with it, because yep. if you are in melee and you take a standby, things that are things you're engaged with cannot shoot you. So if you want to wait for your opponent to do something near you that lets you move or lets you attack, Luke with dis, uh, operative Luke with disengage is a great example of this. You can actually get a free move in a, into someone who comes closer to you <laughs> yeah. by using standby to to sort of wait on your move. It's it's really kind of complicated, but but at at its core, it has a fundamental weakness, which is you're relying on your opponent to make a choice that lets you use that action. Yep. And that is generally not going to happen. You're much better off, um, you know, a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, the saying is. Um, just take the actions you're given and don't wait for your opponent to walk into this trap because they, they might see a way that you didn't see so yeah. you what you're doing. It's really, it's an interesting kind of like, <clears throat> it, it, even though it's one of the main actions that you can take, it's almost a very utilize it specifically in certain scenarios, you know, and like one of my favorite ways to use it is with, I, again, everybody knows by now I play a double heavy list. Well, you can't shoot standby off of heavies. So they, yep. they just get wherever they want to go. And I'm like, yeah, all right, go for that objective. See what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. It does kind of put the onus on my opponent. So if they see something, I don't, but there are certain circumstances, especially when you have an ATST in a tank where it's like, yeah, I don't even care because it's okay. Go for it. Like if you could come up with some creative way out of this, it's probably going to put you in a worse position next turn. So, so I definitely think um, it, it's, it's a very like a board control uh, uh, action sometimes, yes. and, and, but, but you're right. You got to be careful with it. And sometimes it's just better to use the actions you're given. Yeah. Vehicles is really, is a really good place to use it. It used to be that you couldn't do that. Yeah. They, they changed it so the vehicles could do that. And now you have the ATST camping the middle point or camping the, <laughs> yeah. the intercept point. And you're sort of like, well, great. I can't even shoot it off him. I just have to weather the attack or I have to yeah. give up the point. 
which is, you know, the heavies, heavies are one of the best units to use standby. I wish, I wish that, that air speeders could stand by. Lando has that new card that yeah. lets you stand by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they executed immediately that you couldn't take it because repulsor vehicles can't stand by. <laughs> and so we were, we were all, all of us rebel players were crying because they wouldn't let us do that. But, um, but that, that actually brings up another good point about standby is that the best standbys are free. Yeah. The best standbys are free because free actions don't really cost you anything. They're free. So uh, deploy the garrison, um, Lando's ace up his sleeve. Uh, basically anything you do standby, hello there from Obi-Wan, mm -hmm. also really good. Uh, anytime you, you, well, I guess it's not free, but anytime Padme has a standby, she can share it to anybody in range two of her. You know, those are also really good. They don't cost that other big unit that was probably going to do attacking, right? Padme usually just takes tokens. So doing a standby doesn't cost you yep. anything yep. in that regard. Her attack is, it's okay, you know, but it's not, it's not a saber tank with a bunch of shared aims, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Shout out to Timbo, by the way. He's the guy that runs this, the Padme Saber. He's like the infamous <laughs> Padme Saber. <laughs> so. um, but yeah, so what are, like, let's talk about some other things. So, uh, you know, I, we've kind of talked about the wind condition, getting to the wind condition with my turns. Now, do you see, so, so a lot of times I think when you're kind of jockeying for position, how do I, how do I spend my turn in a way that will will have a positive outcome for me, you know, because eh, here, let me give you an example. Sure. A lot of times, and this is a classic Kyle uh, Orchimedes from Notorious Scoundrels move, but is the dodge standby uh, way back when he's not going to stand by anything, right? Like it's just a way to to move your, your action. Um, kind of, can we talk about the value of that a little bit? The, the like using your actions to wait for your opponent to do something, I suppose, is, is where I'm going with that. Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. It's sort of like, it's better, there are there are times where it's better if you don't act. Yeah. Because again, uh, going back to that initial point, which was that Legion punishes aggressive movement. Um, sometimes you just don't want to move. And sometimes you have no good target to attack. And so, and you know, sometimes uh, the unit that, mostly I see this on snipers that are doing evaporators, for example, a lot of times they just don't want to move from where they are. So they'll they'll just take a standby just on principle. It's like, I just have the action, I might as well use it. It's actually better nowadays to take a dodge because especially yeah. if you're against Clone War snipers, since they don't have high velocity, it's better to just dodge. Yeah. Um, there are some times where you, where you just don't, want to move that unit and so that's why you see the dodge standby come out um i'm trying to give a particular example uh, oh yeah so let's say you are let's say you're running wookies and you don't you know rebels don't really have good order control and a lot of times what will happen is you know maybe you get unlucky and you pull a special forces unit early and you're looking at your and when i say early in the turn you pull that out and you're like oh man if i go in there now i'm just gonna get just destroyed so it's better just to wait, right? It's better just to sit on your hands. It sucks that you had to do that. That is damaging you. But of all the available options, it's the best choice because your choices are run out and get blown up or stay here and remain a threat for the next turn. So it's better off to just stay where you are and take a dodge standby and just say, you know what, fine. I'm just going to take this L and, and go on to whatever the next action is. And that stinks because, you know, you're losing tempo because your opponent gets to act again before you get to act. And that's always a problem. 
but um, it's the best choice. And um, that kind of speaks to order control a little bit. I think you you did a show on this too, right? Order control, was that already a thing you did? Uh, yeah, we covered a little bit. We're probably gonna go more in depth, but yeah. Yeah, but but just, just to answer the question, it's sort of like you have to, you have to just evaluate, you know, what's, what's up there. And mm -hmm. Wookiees are especially a problem because they're a short range unit. You know, they don't, they don't go too far. Their best shooting is range two. Um, they often have to move and shoot. And if, and even if cover is, is accessible, sustained fire is going to destroy them. And so you just have to recognize, you know, look, if I take, if I, if I try to use this unit in the way that I really want to use it, if I want to go for that big payoff, the risk is not worth it. Yeah. And you have to just understand, like, um, am I going to lose this unit if I move into this position? And, and that's really what you have to think about. And, and the, so many people, especially new players, right? Especially with Jedi, they think I'm a Jedi. I'm invincible. Yeah. No, you are very, very invincible. <laughs> you are, you're going to get yeah. blown up. And it's like, oh yeah, Luke can take a few shots. How many times have you Luke players out there said, oh, Luke can take it. And then Luke takes like four wounds that he didn't need to take if yeah. you had just got the blood out of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and stayed and stayed uh, on top of things. That's very much a, a a Vader, you know, Commander Vader move, right? You're like, it's Vader. He's got red dice and eight wounds. We're gonna be fine. And the next thing you know, you got six wounds, and you're like, all right, things aren't fine. This this didn't go where I thought it was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, like like Luke Luke is Luke or Vader hanging out there. And you know, oh, I got, I got a dodge. I'll be okay. Spends the dodge. Spends the next like three attacks getting shot. <laughs> yeah. Takes like yeah. half his health. You know, yeah. and that's that's your big that's your big piece, man. Like you don't want to casually throw them out there to get destroyed. You know, that's that's not you're not going to win the game doing that. Um, okay, so how like what kind of value should a, a player put on units, uh, whether through their command cards or through their abilities that they have on their unit card? What kind of value should we as newer players be putting on uh, units that give? additional actions and so like pull the strings with palpatine or or no time for sorrow with leia or or compel with krennic like that type of stuff uh well free actions are always good um in general the game is about out economying your opponent in a lot of ways um clones do that we do it very well they generally have you know nine or ten activations but they cheat because they can share activations between <laughs> between units that other people can't do uh free actions are always good um, I immediately thought of No Time for Sorrows, and if you're running clones, Padme with aggressive negotiations. Uh, free is always good. It's always something to look for. Um, it also depends on what's in your list a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, for example, Cassian has a three pip called Volunteer Mission that gives your special forces or commanders or operatives, I think, free recovers, which is bonkers because a lot of these units take exhaustible powers. And no one wants to spend their time recovering because recover is sit on my hands, right? And so for yeah. that, that's like the best example I can give is in Rebels is Cassian. It's sort of like, yeah, but but that that implies that when you run Cassian in a list, you're going to take these units also that need it, right? right? And so you're sort of like, do I need this, the, the type of token or the type of reaction that this card provides? If I don't, maybe I shouldn't run it. Like for example, if you run a list with no vehicles, you shouldn't run turning the tide, mm -hmm. even though it gets you in, even though it grants you this really cool keyword called inspire Two, which, you know, removes suppression, which is always good. You'll have no targets, right? It, it just won't work. That's like the most basic example. Yeah. Uh, a more like complicated, complicated example would be um, reckless diversion from Han, 
Um, if I play Han and I play Reckless Diversion, do I have a unit that I think can take a few shots? Mm-hmm. And if I don't, why am I playing it? Now, some people have to take the opposite approach and say, well, I can recklessly divert onto a, a sacrificial rebel trooper squad. And they they have they treat their, their troopers' lives with the callousness worthy of the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> care. That's, that's a very imperial way to use that card. Yeah. Uh, but but you know I, I'd rather you know use a card on you know say Sabine or or a Clan Ren or just a generic unit of Mandalorians because they are tough to kill in the right circumstances. Yeah, I find with that card too that that gets complicated because that's a if you can sort yeah. of thing, you yeah. know. And I think some people miss that on that card where it's like, yeah, all right, well I'm just gonna shoot these. You know, I can't shoot those guys, so I'm just going to shoot these guys. They're not within my range. Yeah, and, it's just it's just the worst, man. And yeah. same for R2, like R2-D2 and Inconspicuous. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, you got guys near R2-D2, but my weapons are range two, and I can't actually shoot the guy that's next to R2-D2. So, uh, uh, Rip, your yeah. R2 is dead now. So that also applies to the standby action, right? It applies to Reckless Diversion, applies to all that stuff. But but no, I mean, I think I think generally the... Free actions are good. Just always ask yourself what units are going to be using these actions before you invest. Before you invest that slot um, uh, in in whatever command card you're thinking of. So you know we we talked about recover. That's another interesting action too because you don't see it often used. Uh, but there there's a couple different things that people i this one thing that i i think trips up new newer players is if you have two suppression you only get one action which is recover right yeah and so that that always trips up people they're like yeah but i don't have suppression anymore i'm like yeah but you did when you took that action right and Mm -hmm. then the other recover is just an interesting one especially in gun lines that have you know uh exhaustible you know, you got an upgrade that's exhaustible and then you use your next turn to recover shoot because you somehow got an aim token. Um, right. Well, Empire does this, right? Where you have yeah. like a, an Imperial officer using spotter standing behind you. It's, it's, but that that's a great example, right? Because recover is kind of, it kind of fits in where you have some other unit maybe that's donating an action to keep you at, opt- at optimal effectiveness. Um, I think one of the best examples of this would be like, um, uh, a speeder with an uplink, you you have room to recover because you're doing a compulsory move. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, David, what do you let's? What are your like finishing touches on your move that you can <laughs> you can leave us with? Uh, okay. So, so uh, I guess the number one thing is I think, I think the number one thing we should talk about is is it worth it to attack or is it not worth it to attack? That's the other big thing that really trips people up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, should I make this attack? What's the probability of doing wounds? Knowing the knowing those things, and then if it's really not probable to do wounds, what are some other actions I could take that are not attacking that will advance the objective? Um, one of the biggest ones is evaporators, right? Evaporators requires you to use an action to what I, I call a punch the evaporator, which basically means repair or sabotage it, right? And knowing that, you know, I'd like to attack, but this unit needs to go do the evaporator. Yep. And if you don't know that and you attack with that unit, you could end up in a situation, two activations down, you know, down the line where you're like, oh crap, I should have repaired with that unit. Like how many times have, have, yeah. have we all done this yeah. when we were newer? Yep. Right. So, so just, you have to be cognizant of that sort of thing. Um, 
you just have to, you just have to know. And, and, and it's also like, uh, how to say it? Like, is my attack a big attack? Like, do I have like 10 dice or whatever from like a rebel Z six or a B one unit? Um, is it good quality dice? You know, will my opponent probably just save out of it? You know, like, let's say you're, you have a choice, you know, do I could attack Sabine with a dodge and heavy cover, which yep. is not a good idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really speaking, because yeah. she probably save most of it. Um, or do I go do this objective? Do I walk towards evaporator? Do I walk towards the key position so I can, you know, on the following turn move again? Yeah. A lot of it is, it comes down to like planning over turns too. Um, yeah, and then being able to adapt as your opponent makes changes as well. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Yeah. It's 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 uh, that's sort of like the what the how is a little it's a little more complicated. <laughs> it involves it, for, it's like it's part of it is just like experience, like having played a lot. Part of it is math, knowing what the likelihood of events to happen is, mm -hmm. and part of it's also like can I, you know, just planning. Right? yeah right and just and just knowing like okay you know on turn four these guys are gonna have to do this move or they'll they won't be in position to to recover and um and, and you know another recover the supplies what i'm trying to say but speaking of the recover action actually i wanted to hit this hit this earlier um phase one clones okay often they get really suppressed because they get they, you know clones mm -hmm. are just really tanky they don't die they're yep. more likely to get suppressed than they are to panic and um if you if you know that you don't have a way to remove their suppression in an effective manner and you don't make a big rally roll to remove like three or four suppression on them it's probably worth it to recover yep. because you're getting actions back down the line because you can remove their suppression by doing that yep. so it's like if i recover now i can get that action back later when i'm not suppressed yeah and i would say even though legion is a game of dice leaving things up to the dice is not always a great idea correct the, the, <laughs> you know those of you who've played ffg games for any or now amg games for any length of time you've probably heard the saying the best the best defense dice are the ones you never roll yeah that's exactly you know right. and that's that's really what it is like you have to control what you can control and if you're in a situation where variance needs to favor you unless you've done some math to know that the odds are in your favor not not great. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. And that kind of, that leads up from what Nima and I were talking about last week where, you know, I played a two pip knowing he was playing a two pip, hoping for the role. And that, that yep. was just a mistake, right? I like, hoped that. Yeah, exactly. I hoped I would win the coin flip and I didn't. Yep. Oops. Yeah. Some, exactly. some, sometimes it's correct though, because yeah. like the advantage was, you know, the advantage was huge, but like you say, you know, if it's, if it's really important, if it's like game bustingly important, like if, if I don't get priority, I am dead. Yeah. then you have to get priority yeah, right, even, if it's right. a crap, even if it's a crappy card yep or the situation you have to figure out what element of the card is is important is it the speed is it the keywords that i'm getting yep. um blast off with r2d2 is like the number one example of this people usually take blast off but it's a, but it's also your one pip one of your one pips and yeah. so that's one pips are super important yep. and uh, sometimes you just play it but the problem with that is you may not have it on turn six and turn six is when people can walk in the melee with you and ruin your day. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so you kind of need to figure out, you know, is it worth it, right? And you have to, yeah. you have to be able to to ask yourself these questions. And like I said, that the, the that's the what, the how is, you know, it's it's much more nebulous and comes with experience and math. Yeah, and I think as we get 
deeper into this podcast, we're going to move people away from beginners to advanced, hopefully, and, and we'll have you back on and you can you can get into some of the more nebulous hows. My pleasure. <laughs> yes. I'd love to do that. <laughs> but uh, all right. Thanks, David. Hey, everybody, check out Yavin Base. Go on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, search up Yavin Base subscribe, give him all your money. Just do it now. Thanks. That's, that's what we need you to do. Um, he was actually telling me about this great thing. It's on your YouTube channel, right? Where if you want to go back and watch any of the Invader League games uh, on VOD, he's broken it out by chapter and by command cards as well. So uh, yep. just some really great work David's doing. So if you want to just see round two when they use No Time for Sorrows, you, you can do that. Yeah, you can you can make your investigation, and yeah, this all it'll be there. Um, we're working on getting them thumbnailed and timestamped, and and they'll be there for you know forever, basically. It's just an archive, and so if you and uh, what I really should do is I should really just make them searchable by unit. So if you really want to see a particular unit get played, like for example, we have a couple of games up there with the airspeeder post changes, mm -hmm. and people have been using that airspeeder pretty effectively. Yeah. So hopefully I can get it organized by you know what what are the primary units here, and you could just search for it by unit as well. But yeah, that's that's Yavin Base on YouTube, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Yavin Base. Follow me on Twitter at endless five zero five. Five. I'm going to start posting pictures of my miniatures up there because why not? Yeah. Uh, we're also a Facebook community, facebook.com slash uh, Base. And uh, if you go to the Twitch channel, there's also a link to a Discord that you can join. There's all kinds of ways to get involved and interact. Team League is coming soon. It's going to be a, gr a great one. You don't want to miss it. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, spoiler, I'm pretty sure Fifth Trooper's putting together a team. Nice. So if you guys want to, if you guys want to come play with the Fifth Trooper squad or against the Fifth Trooper squad, however you view it, you can, you can, uh, you can come, come join. Uh, I've played well, twice. I think I've been in, in yeah. team league and I've enjoyed it way more than I've enjoyed Invader League. No offense to Invader League at yeah. all. I just, it, team league is more my speed and you know, I just, I love it. Like I said, it's like a beer league and I love beer and I love, I love Yavin based team league. So thank you. Here we go. I love fifth trooper. <laughs> yeah. Yo, those new order tokens you made. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I, I ordered a set. He did. I should. I did. I did. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> no, but seriously, they, they, they're great. I love, I love, I was immediately drawn to the, the, the TIE fighter art. It looked really good. Oh man. I appreciate that. Well, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, everyone, talk Join to you next us week. next week for another edition of the Fifth Trooper Podcast. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.